Hi, this is Sarah Bino, and you're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. timeless situation reaching out to us from if you don't if you can't perceive time and, your, and your life is at. just and your life is memento yes um this we can't do anything for you i don't know how many dimensions are listening to us right now but if you are in this dimension you're tuned in to lost and around radio free brooklyn with me alan and me jimmy 3 p.m eastern standard time every thursday afternoon right here in brooklyn bushwick brooklyn right here in the basements of secondhand city records nyc yes indeedy and with all that we got going on this season i must admit uh, this is probably going to be one of our more experimental episodes but that said if you go to our profile on radiofreebrooklyn.com or rfb.nyc is my favorite uh no one's uh, gonna use that <laughs> i love that one that's my favorite maybe they will um, you can see that we're actually filed under experimental one of the few shows on radio free brooklyn that's filed under experimental so, oh really yeah does that mean that we've got hypotheses and stuff i just think it means we can just go do it all do it all Test our limits. Yeah, I was just thinking as I was walking over here, you know, I need to push the limits of, you know, human experience. Let's start it right now. Okay, well, tell us how uh, you're uh, feeling after last week. You uh, weren't here for episode 69, which was a pain in the ass, but we made it work. Wow. Is that a double entendre? Is that done on purpose? Yes. <laughs> it was. It was a pain in the ass. Look at this guy. Look at uh, this guy. It was a pain in the art, art star scene radio. Boom, boom, boom. But you got a chance to fill in for our friend, Dr. Lisa Levy, uh, who comes on normally on the live stream at, uh, before us, rather. Before us, yes. Yeah. So I got to lead into our show. You got to lead into our show rather yeah. ominously. I'm not on this episode, but you should listen to it. Well, it was, you know, if it was. Two hours straight of me, the Hoff block. It's a lot for people to take. That would have been a, <laughs> much. That would have been more for me, man. I was listening to your show. It was very fun. You got a chance Thank to you. play, uh, read some poetry. You got I a did. chance to uh, do a little stand up on the air. Yes, do, do the Jimmy Spiel. Do a little bit of this. Do a little bit of that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was one of those things with a live performance. Um, I know how it goes. I've done enough sound that I was like, you know what? If I start trying to add musical transitions and this and that, I haven't. I had like a day to prepare for this thing, so I said, let me just write down some stuff, and we'll just we'll just go stream of hofficiousness. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I got to make more like you know, <laughs> ah, 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 more 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 Hoff puns. Hoffman, you know that's my superhero identity. Hey, listener. Do you want to contribute to this rabble rousing? You listen to the way we spiel with each other, and you're like, "Yes, I want to support that. I want to be a financial backer." I need more M O A R. I need more. So, if you want to be our sponsor, go to radiofreebrooklyn.com/lar. Yes, indeed, you can pledge your loyalty, pledge your fealty your... through dollar bills, because that's the U.S. now. And you want to take it a step higher? You want to keep pledging? Pledge your allegiance to Radio Free Brooklyn overall and go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. Yes, and again, this is what keeps us going. 
We are non for profit. We are officially, as of uh, like maybe a week or two ago, five hundred one c three status. So we're doing we're, our business model is changing, but the the cause still remains the same. So your financial backing will make all the difference. Greatly, greatly. Even if it's a dollar, even if it's ten dollars, anything in between, just a little, little, little thing. Greatly appreciated. Greatly. But in the meantime, let's uh, let's go for that experimental uh, tag that we've earned so righteously. I think I think this entire pitch was was as experimental as we needed. Oh, <laughs> let's go further. Let's go deep. deep. Let's go down the rabbit hole. Here we go. It is our 70th episode overall of Lost and Rewound. We are sitting on a tape after listening just briefly to this tape, not really listening to it. It's basically a 45-minute side of a tape that I recorded in a rehearsal for a show that I did in seventh grade. We've we've chatted about my first year at Poughkeepsie Day School. What better opportunity to feel acclimated and get involved than to do the middle school musical. So I'm in seventh grade. I'm still doing shows back in Woodstock at the Woodstock Youth Theater. There is a show that they decided to do for the middle school, and it was called Runaways. And I had never heard of it. And it turned out that it was a um, Obie Award-winning musical that was released on Broadway in 1978. Very obscure. Very few people remember it. It's it, a good, good title. It took the real stories from actual runaways in the city scattered in the, in the show were stories actual true testimonials of kids who ran away from home sounds cool doesn't sound as cool as there was this uh i want to say there's a comic book called runaways which was about mutant kids sure that were on the run mm-hmm. i want to say it was like somewhat related to x-men probably marvel i'm pretty sure the best thing about it is there was like this girl that had a second connection with the dinosaur that was just chilling. That that is a good connection. It's, I mean, yeah, when you got when you want to have connects, people always talk about having connects. You know, went to a party to get a connect. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be that good. When you were doing your musicals back in uh, middle school, middle school as well as high school, yeah, no, or just um, high school. My middle school didn't have musicals. You should, they didn't have musicals. They didn't right? have plays. Right. My middle school, no. But when you got to high school, you did a few plays, as we did. have famously sp- spoken about many times. I wish I did more. Right. I, got, I, I started in junior year, in retrospect, and even then, so I started in a freshman year. Can you imagine what would have happened if you had recorded a tape and just let it sit? Oh, at, at, at a rehearsal? Yeah. Oh, it would have been something to see, for sure. When you get serious about a play, because I'm sure you know you guys were the same way, 
months, hours, every day, you really get to learn and know all the other people in the play. Yeah. Um, everyone that's working, you know, the crew, the director, their personality. Oof. It's one of those things where when you have a bad director and you're on a play, mm-hmm. it, it's murderous. Luckily, our director for this show, may she rest in peace, Victoria Silvestri, a very talented, passionate woman who loved working with kids. I sincerely wish that uh, I could speak more about her, but I did not have as much of an experience working with her as uh, some of my other contemporaries whom I have been lucky to continue staying in touch with uh, as the years have progressed, who are still in acting and have looked at her as an inspiration. You could hear her voice here as well as like maybe some teachers. Uh, I feel like Martha Rathbun, I believe her name was, uh, was who was the music coordinator for the show. And I don't really like the music that's going on in this show, which we'll hear a little bit. But uh, if you don't mind, I feel like we have no time to delay. Let us uh, dive into this. We're, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't. I, we're going to the deep end, dude. We're going to the deep end. I know what. Do you know how to swim? I do. All right. So we're going to make it. We're going to make it through. We're going to make it through. I, I'm pretty good at pretending to swim. We'll make it through. We'll make it through. Let's take a listen. What are you, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. That was cool. I went back home. I didn't watch it as the world turns. I didn't just pretend that I wasn't there. And they know that really gets to me. Do you smell? Nobody in the room? It's my brother to my mother. I went back home. And they ignored me because they know it makes me crazy. I mean, it's not like I've been missing for 10 days. My mother turns up the TV. My father belches. So I decided to do what I always do when I get their attention. I kick out the glass of the TV and I bend the antennas back with little gravity ears and I say, TV is reposed Russian morons. So my father picks me up in the air and throws me onto the floor. Oh, so just have... right. That's what they mean. You just keep going. Get your tape recorder, honey. Let's take this. I don't have one. Let's put it on hers. It's okay. So wait, let's talk for a second, Iggy. Um, so we do two of these. No, well, twice. So we do this twice. Or he read extra right now. At this point in his speech, this is what I do when I'm angry. So she just that's that's another speech. That's another speech. Right, go to speech. No, that's what we're going to segue on. Honey. In other words, when he gets just before that point, then we're going to cut off when he yell, and then we'll go on on that next part of the speech. No, that's another speech, isn't it? No, sixteen is his speech. Right. So in and other words, we have to keep going until we're ready to get to the yell, and then we'll cut you off. And the yell is where you say the scream. Say that line again. Is this the same speech? Yes. It's, it's, it's at the, I don't know my it's at the end of it. It's right here. I can put my finger on it. He says, your and they speech right here, ahead. scream. And I scream, you need some brains. So my, right? Isn't that where it is? 
And I scream. You need some. No, the kids yell. See. I'll be distracting you. Oh, in other words, you do it through the whole speech, right? And then until then, the next song. Right. Exactly. See. He does it all the way until See. the next thing. Here, look at the script, honey. All the way at the bottom of page nine. You're this doing is, this it all is, through this. This yeah. is his speech, and at the very end, it says. Um, so I had to let them know, you know. Can we go back to one? Hang on, because we're about to move on, right? To yeah. something else. Group set up at fences for the basketball chance. And then, and she, that's what she's saying about the segue, and that's when you stop yeah. so that you can do that. Right. right. Okay, you get it? Again? No, that's okay. You can just do it however you do it. Because you understand that it's an endless loop. We yeah. keep going back and doing it. That should be a little. So you do it before, actually. Then you just go back to do So, who is she giving direction? She's giving direction to you in that part? Yeah, so I, I, it sounds like this first part is specifically focused on a monologue that I have. I play a character called Iggy. I can't say that I did a lot of research. Dude, you, could, you would be such a good Iggy. Well, it's a good name, yeah. Dude, like, you'd be the best Iggy, dude. <laughs> I, I don't remember the, the, the uh, nature of the character. It seems like it's an ensemble show, so a lot of the characters don't necessarily stand out more than one another, to my recollection. What you heard there was a monologue that I guess I had, and everybody likely had one or another that in during the course of the show. Uh, I did do a quick peek at, like, the song list, and it looks like, it, because it's a musical, there's probably about like 20 songs interspersed throughout the show wow. in two acts. That's a lot. Well, because I think it's it's mostly a lot of like short monologues into songs. But that said, it's really interesting for me to hear this as an actor because I don't know if I've ever documented the rehearsal process for anything that I've ever done, uh, video, audio, otherwise. It's really captivating to hear that. That was Allison Withers, I think it sounded like, and Martha Rathbun. It sounded like I had it pretty on point, what I was doing. The rehearsal process is something you don't always get to hear. Yeah. So it's, that's a fun thing that, to have that, to have a mic in that room, because you don't record it. You record the shows. Yeah. Well, when David Piccolomini was here a few weeks ago, and he had his tape with the guys that he did the... It was like, what, it was a tech rehearsal, I guess, for Best Little Horror House in Texas? And I didn't actually realize till we had gone to air to play it. I didn't catch on all the intricate detail that certain people weren't even singing along like everyone was kind of out of step yeah i can't hear that stuff the same way it's hard for me to hear that stuff it's very visible when not everybody is in tune and on time the the next clip i believe is a group song that they're desperately trying to get us to learn you'll get the idea i think with just i'm telling you man i i lucked out that in all the musicals and things that i was in yeah i never had to sing I was never singing. I was never one of the singing oh, characters. Oh, get ready. Bigger than the sun and stranger than the moon. When my mama said it me, I played basketball. Come on, y'all. Even these hands, I hope I'm fine here. Bigger than the sun and stranger than the moon. When my mama said it me, I played basketball. And you do. That is the end. Wait, so it's 
Okay, but what you need to do is, even if you're sitting here, I just do that. Four, two, three, four, here in these hands, I hold the planet. silence when the director speaks and she's mad the entire room went silent yeah uh things got serious real quick bro victoria did not fuck around for sure she uh um commanded the room she was a rather large woman very short and just very very loud and she was able to project and she could just pinpoint exactly what she wanted without any hesitation she totally knew how to make her point clear yeah plus i think that definitely at that age i mean at at any age when you're doing with uh kids you have to deal a little bit with discipline at the same time as getting good performances out of these kids because they're kids yeah so they still they want to hang out they're gonna be friends you you always become friends with the people on set you know i think i mentioned before this director uh shout out to quinn strassel who i believe just had his third kid Woo! Yeah, this dude is like on a roll. Yeah. Well, he was only 28 when you were in high school. Yeah, right? he was so. really young when we when he was with us. Yeah. Um, and he was great. He was a fantastic director. Everybody loved him. This was Midsummer Night's Dream. There was a, a friend of mine, uh, Blonde Gonzalez, great guy. He was uh, Theseus. And there's this part where he's talking about his son and, and this woman have like slept together. But it's, you know, it's Shakespearean. So the way he has to see says it is that, that they exchanged uh, love tokens with mm-hmm. each other, you know? And we were wondering if he couldn't really hear it or if he was putting in a lack of effort. And what it was, 
is continually saying, love tokens, love tokens. And the directors know it's love tokens. And he's like, and this went on for like. Don't you know I am big pentameter? This went on for like months. Wow. <laughs> it was so, and he was just there like so frustrated, like yelling at it. Was the actor who was playing Theseus, was that kid a, an actor as well? No, he had never acted before. Okay. How many of, or not how many, but uh, percentage-wise, roughly, how many of these kids that were in Midsummer Night's Dream had had acting experience before? I would say that the people that had acting experience, for the most part, had acted in the plays in the earlier years And that was school. like a handful of them? Or? And the, so, yes. Yeah, so uh, really when it came down to the actual cast, I would say that less than half had, mm-hmm. been, had, had had real acting experience before that, because I, I didn't either. Yeah, this was a, a unique experience for me because I had gone from being in plays for, what, you know, six, seven years of my life, all the same people, pretty much, and now I'm going to this new school. I was the acting kid. I didn't realize how many of these kids were really not actors either. And, you know, that's expected when you're doing a school show. Luckily, there were enough kids that, alongside me, who were thespians. <laughs> but again, like not all of them were, so it, there was a real disconnect. You would be a thespian. Did you, wear, did you wear like a cravat when you were in middle school? What? <laughs> just because you said the word thespian. Just because, <laughs> just, just because I said the word thespian. If this, did it, you have like a diamond cane? It, keep going. What else? What else? Who is this actor? Who is this thespian that you're thinking of? Did you like smoke a cigarette with a long holder? I can imagine middle school you, like, and the. Say, you know, something happened on set and the director's yelling at you and you're like, I'll be in my trailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, nah, I wasn't I wasn't a diva. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. It's amazing. Time is linear. Yes. And if you don't record it, it you know, everything you say, it just gets lost into the wind, into the ether. It never happened. I'm telling fake you. Fake news. You know, you <laughs> fake news. Fake news. So, you know, you, you may remember it, but your memory gets distorted. Yeah. And when you can come and play something, especially when you don't remember that you had it, and, or equally, how a lot of the, you know, how are we going to remember how it was said on one afternoon in one rehearsal? This showed up. This tape, this side, was recorded on the B side of a tape that says classified. And on the A side is something that I did mention on an earlier episode this season, I think, which was, uh, or last season. It was a tape of my folks talking to my nutritionist about my chemical imbalance. And I'd love to dissect that tape. That audio is hilarious in and of itself. Just yeah, I, 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 yeah, that sounds really, uh, but, but, sounds uh, delectable, that tape. If you are listening to this episode right now and you are a chemistry or nutritional expert, we would love to have you on the show. If you do not have audio of your own, that is fine. But if you... We want an expert. We want an expert. Just like in My Cousin Vinny, we need to bring in an expert. Yes, we need an expert of nutritional and... I'm doing like the best Alan Rickman. We want you to be here for expert analysis. (laughs) I actually, I dated a nutritionist before, but she's... uh, I believe she got married and moved to Atlanta. Never mind that. (laughs) Continuing on. One, two, three, four... Thank you. 
I'm not going to say that I'm, like, a basketball expert. Okay. <laughs> but I've never before heard of, like, a basketball universe. Now, I don't really know what the purpose of the song is. Oh. I just, I don't get the, I don't get the analogy. Space Jam. Oh, well, yeah, that's, of course. This is precursor to Space Jam. But though. what I'm saying is, like, there's like just. 20 years. <laughs> you know, usually in songs, even bad songs, you sort of get what they're trying to say. Uh-huh. And I, there's like I just she just is it's just basketball, and it's talking about the universe at the same time. It's just talking about both and trying to relate them, and they're not. And it's like this basketball is like a planet. Look, the <laughs> the hoop's like a black hole. Yeah, it's like no, it's not. Why are you throwing planets? I just don't get it I mean, from I, a from a scientific perspective. Yeah, equally, it doesn't make any sense. I, I guess if we wanted to entertain why the writer of that song chose to allow that analogy to leak its way into an actual song that showed up on stage somewhere in New York City in the 70s. I would imagine that it would have to be something around the uh, nature of glorifying the idea of basketball being something really special to uh, somebody who doesn't really have anything else going for them. Kids playing on the street, you know, going into the cages and playing basketball, and that was their way of, you know... I get that. All I'm saying is, saying that it's as important to them as the planets. Yeah, I don't think kids in the hood give a crap about the planets. Yo, I'm surprised that there are basketball players, baseball players, athletes in general who get paid more than I will ever see in my lifetime, and they believe that the world is flat. <laughs> Dude, the world is shaped like the ball that makes you all that money. Who says the world is flat? Uh... Russell Westbrook. Forget who it was. I mean, people think crazy stuff. When we come back, we have to listen to more of this and figure out just how painful it is. Yeah, this is really, it's really, really a bad musical. Uh, when, when we come when back. When we come back, we will dive in deeper. Deeper. And deeper into the cosmos. Yes. The basketball cosmos. Lost and rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn. wondering what you got yourself into this week with us yeah. uh, we we are dis- we, we are experimental to the max this week dissecting uh one wearing, side of a tape we're wearing lab coats right now we 
We're super are, experimental. Well, we, we tend to try to wear lab coats here. We have to go in full experimental mode with the goggles because who knows what kind of force fork acid is going to spew into our face. Exactly. But if you have a lab coat on and say it gets covered in blood, do you look like a butcher? Sure. Right? I mean, you look more like you look like American Psycho kind of thing, right? Okay. But then you got to get the big rubber gloves, the giant ones up to the uh, whatever this is, your bicep. Oh, how would you find that, though? Uh, chemical supply store. You, they they sell the large gloves. I think so. That's what we need for. This I don't think they. I don't think that if they sell guns to anybody in you know in so many states, you get some yeah. rubber gloves. I think we should keep going because we have a lot of tape to go. What, yeah, what, 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 what do you what do you think, Jimmy? Um, yeah, I'm down to listen to more. I really want to hear um, you guys misbehaving some more. So hopefully we can find it. Let's if see. not, you know, I mean, come on, your kids. It's gonna happen. Hopefully, it's, let's see what we can uncover.
parents, do you want to have children? Yeah, like <laughs> we can't exactly go back in time and take it back, but let's let's ask the question now and let us know if we were mistakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that fits into the theme of the show. Obviously, these kids, yeah, this uh, is a, this is a show uh, with two mistakes hosting it. <laughs> Yep. Hello. <laughs> Hi. I'm a mistake. Well, I'm mistake number two. He's a mistake number one. My singing abilities there were decidedly that of a 13 year old. I did not have. Yes. Oh, I, I was warbling along like a you were. You, but you were actually. You could tell that you were trying and you were into it. I could tell that you weren't. You didn't seem like because when you're off and you're disinterested, it's when you have the tape recorder. Everyone knows because yeah. you're, you're jabbering into it. It's true. And you weren't. You were. You were engaged. Let's keep going. Do it. What's some things about? Runaways, the things that the lines that I do. Alright. And in the blackout this, this summer, at least seven people were killed. And no one's admitted it to anyone. More people died this year, failing murders, than all the battles in Northern Ireland. And that pretty brunette is writing love letters to the son of Sam. And though I'm not political, you know, I am scared. For this crazy heart of mine, it's pounding wildly. Like I've learned especially long distance. Or had a dream that I can't remember. Please don't fuck me. I am the undiscovered son of Judy Garland. I can sing and dance and wear fancy clothes. And whereas my sister Liza has to really work for applause. All you have to do is look at me. And you weep with standing ovations. I am the undiscovered son of John F. Kennedy. I am incredibly good looking and smart as hell. I will graduate from Harvard, Princeton, Yale, and then I'll run for mayor. And then, who knows? I own a horse and three large dogs. I'm the undiscovered son of Eddie Fisher. I can croon and make your mother's heart melt. Also, me and my sister Carrie are starring in a science fiction movie where I conquer and destroy a four-story man-eating robot. Do you want to get married in the White House today? My father said it's okay. Do you want to get married in the White House today? My father said it's alright. I am the son of Pele, the favorite nephew of Reggie Jackson, the first cousin of O.J. Simpson, and the godson of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Muhammad Ali has built a guest bedroom just for me. I'm the undiscovered son of Ali Khan. He was a prince or something. Now I'm a prince or something too. I have a sister who was named after a flower. I was named after a sunset. My name is Prince Sunset or something. Do you want to get married in the White House today? My father said it's okay. Do you want to get married in the White House today? My father says okay. Yes. Marlon Brando, Marilyn Monroe, Gene Simmons, Rachmanoff, Engelbert Humperdinck, George Washington, Dinah Shore, Captain Dinov. I went back home. They were just sitting by the TV watching as the world turns. And they just pretended that I wasn't there. And they know that really gets to me. Do you smell nobody in the room? Says my father to my mother. I went back home. And they ignored me. 
because they know it makes me crazy. I mean, it's not like I've been missing for 10 days. I clear my throat. And then my mother turns up the TV. My father belches. So I decide to do what I always do when I want to get their attention. I kick in the glass on the TV, and I bend the antennas back like little rabbit ears, and I say to them, TV is for Polish-Russian morons. So my father picks me up in the air and throws me onto the floor. His face is close to mine, the liquor smells like love on his breath. And he calls me a bastard, but at least he's not talking to me. And my mother picks up the broken TV glass off the floor, talking to it, whooping like it's injured child, and things are going good now. So I tell them they're stupid, uneducated assholes, and they scream, you need a bath. And I scream, you need some brains. So my mother starts boiling the water on the stove. My father's ripping the clothes off my back. And they throw me to the bathtub. My mother pours the, the boiling water on my back. And my father scrapes the dirt off my back with the glass from the TV. And they say, this will teach you to come home. I went back home. They are sitting by the TV watching as the world turns. And they pretended that it wasn't there. So I had to let them know, you know. My mother's dead. I don't know what of. Oh, she's dead. And my father bust her around, drank all the time, and had other girlfriends, cried a lot, said that life was cruel. And that was it. The other night, after my mother's funeral, went to her dresser drawers and started sorting through her underwear, her socks, and her blouses. Smell her powder, her skin, and her breath. And I felt like number one in the world. I mean, she got herself into one of those strange coffins, got lowered to the ground, and was never, ever, ever seen on the face of the earth again. It was also mysterious. But it gave me kind of metal to show off. Teachers would be kinder. My friends would say I was bad in sports. And I didn't have to worry about pimples. But then it began to wear off. And I'd hold up the clothes and there'd be nobody inside of them. I kept seeing the shape of her arms or the way she painted her toenails. My brain would start screaming. I mean, how could a person just completely disappear? I don't understand it. Empty happiness has turned into st stupidness. There is so much bullshit going on. By the time I finish this song, I'll either murder someone or have my own special on TV. Two boys and girls, or in their adolescent, sneak downstairs, disturbingly found. A mother, a father coiled in the chair, locked in a consequence. I say, there is so much father pull. There is so much father pull. And so little human decency. You know, we both didn't realize for a minute that they were your lines. We thought it was you just talking to the tape recorder right and for a second i thought that we'd secretly uncovered that you were gay you know when it came when it, when it came out with the thing with uh liza minnelli and judy garland i was yeah. like really alan yeah you're the son of judy the writing i won't lie i mean maybe the songs could have been a little better but the dialogue the writing in that for children to be saying that for teenagers this is all stuff that sounds like it's true stories and they're really provocative and really powerful 
what what were your thoughts going through while you were listening to that second part? Uh, the second part was really brutal. Um, and it's interesting because it actually reminded me that I did do these uh, one-act plays that we had done in, like, uh, I did that in high school and we also did it in middle school. Oh, okay. And so you did do plays in middle school. Yeah, but they were all written by students. But that's, dude, that's something. We're yeah. uncovering so much on this show. Yeah, and they, but they were equally the same way, like super screwed up things about like terrible families and stuff like that. Do you have a very strong recollection? I definitely remember um, that I did a few of them. I was in more than other people because I just volunteered because I did the same way I liked that stuff. And I remember that I had played some terrible people. I remember that a little bit vaguely. Hopefully, I, I think I blocked it out mostly. But okay. I remember playing some like evil dad or terrible boyfriend or something like that. I was a bad dad. <laughs> uh, let's keep listening. What other surprises? More surprises. More surprises. More surprises.
take the old fairy tale. One, is that episode of Mr. Show where at the end of the credits is like going on a holiday, holiday. <laughs> going on a holiday hey there what do you say we're going on a holiday that's when they get brainwashed yep and they have to sing that song great show Mr. Show Bob, yep. Bob and David uh, yep. David Cross and uh, Bob Odenkirk who both went on to become wildly successful after uh, that I love Mr. Show and I couldn't be happier that they found success 20 some odd years later one great Easter egg about that show mm-hmm. is that you can see the voice actor who plays SpongeBob SquarePants on it. Oh, Tom Kenny is one, oh, of, wow. one of the main players in that show. Oh, I didn't catch. That. I didn't make that connection. That song, "Find Me a Hero," it sounded really <sighs> amazing. It was. <laughs> it was amazing. That 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 I I like. Put that. him on a skateboard. Get him, him a, a sh- crown and a, a shield. shield and a crown. Right. Shield and a crown because because that's all you need. Okay, I'm trying to wonder if I saw a guy going down the street with a shield, a crown on a skateboard. Uh, no, wait, a guy or how old? A kid? I can get kid. That would have been my superhero. That's what I would have done. I would have gone on a skateboard. Like, 
I would have king, put a cape. I would have put a king cape. instead of instead of Captain America. You're King America because you got the crown and the shield. I, I don't know who my name is. My name but is then you're, Captain but, Pants for something. Then know. you're like you're, no, you're Captain America flip because you got the board. Oh, I see. No, King, king America flip. King America. I would I would put like a cape on, a headband. I would put on like some shorts, not like Quail Man style, but I would definitely put on some like very very special shorts and a T-shirt that was a white tee. And I would design it sloppily with some emblem in the middle, probably like an S. For those of our listeners who aren't familiar with Quail Man, that's from a television program called Doog. 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 And um, you know what's hilarious about that is that I mentioned earlier the thing where my superhero was Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, uh, I guess we were in high school, me and a former guest of ours, Zach Poots, we recorded a film in my house called The Adventures of Hoffman and the yes. Nefarious Dr. Poots. Ah. And my costume completely consisted of underwear on my head like Quail Man. That was the whole costume <laughs> was underwear and a belt on my head. Uh, and yes. it was it was some character thing for me. It was like my power underwear. And then cause at one point in the film, I'm taking a dump. <laughs> and then Poots, he uses his magic to appear in the bathroom and steal my power underwear from me Ah, um, off my head. I'm pretty sure that Doug didn't put the underwear on his head. I think he just had it over his shorts. And then You're he right. Had, he had a belt he had on a his belt head. On he had a belt on his head. So I was actually, so that, look at that. I was uh, unique with underwear on my head. Speaking of Doug, to lace it all together, Doug Johnson, former guest slash producer, it's actually he who's responsible for introducing me to that one very special clip that... Find Me a Hero uh, reminded me of. We have a little bit of time left. Let's see what, what other clips we can find on this before we go. Now it's time for the Lonesome some other road.
in tune and on time there. I, I didn't realize, I'd forgotten to mention before, that song that we heard previously with Buy Me a Hero. Tony Moore is a really fantastic singer now. I know for a fact that he does opera, and you could hear him singing the lead in that hero song we heard earlier, which was really wow. fantastic. And uh, just as well, it seems like now, with him and me and all the rest of these middle school voices in this last clip we heard for the what sounds like to be the finale because it's interpolating another song in there that's a classic trope of broadway really really great it sounds like we had that pretty much on lock like i said you were trying you were actually putting effort in that time and all the while keeping that tape recorder right on my person being self-congratulatory being like i'm recording it so if we need to listen to it for prosperity or for posterity and prosperity. <laughs> and prosperity. Prosperity. Posterity and prosperity. We'll make it a prosperity. Prosperity. Hospitality. Hospitality. I'm recording it for hospitality's sake. Horse brutality. For horse brutality's sake. Well, men, dude, like, let's not even get into horse brutality. That's a whole other can of worms. That's for next episode. At any rate, this uh, was really captivating to listen to. I must admit that uh, I was not expecting to for it to break from a rehearsal of me just in my own room reading off lines. This being a show where we uncovered childhood tapes, and then this happens to be sort of in the same wheelhouse, if you want to call it that, uh, the same general idea of a play about childhood, much less one that would not include recording tapes because people are on the street. Would you be interested in seeing this actually performed? This play? No way. No way. You're, you're not a fan of the music. It's it's bad enough that I wouldn't even want to go for comedic sake. Okay. Sometimes there's a comedic thing about it, and you're like, "This is just so. This is so funny because it's so bad." Yeah. Like that Pepsi advertisement is the most offensive thing in the world. But when I watch it, I can't help but laugh because it's so offensive. It's funny. It seems like this show was uh, an indication to Victoria to keep it a little more traditional because the next year we did Bye Bye Birdie, a show that I had already done in seventh grade with Woodstock Youth Theater away from school. But we did Bye Bye Birdie in my eighth grade year, West Side Story in high school. Basically, Runaways being the intro to my Poughkeepsie Day School acting accolades was rather amusing because if it wasn't an original musical like we talked with Caitlin and Dinah some time back, it was a standard play like that of Pippin, which I didn't do, or something by Shakespeare, which I didn't get to do with the school, or this play. So if you have old artifacts of the audio yesteryears... Yes, you can send them to us with brand new technologies. Yeah, we have plenty uh, of shit from my own archives to play, but what we are more interested in is what you have. So send your submissions to lostandrewound at gmail.com. This is Jimmy Hoffman and Elon Dinsinger. Radio Free Brooklyn. We'll see you next week. Lost for a while.
and you're gonna you're gonna head on collision. Instead of sitting in your seat and real hard, your head will just whip back and you'll yeah, crack your see, neck and die. The airbag that comes out, it'll just smack you really hard and knock you out, so you won't feel any of the other damage. Right? Yeah. So All right. What you do is you just keep your head really tight against the windshield, and like you'll just go right. Don't have like an airbag, Dan. Yeah, I thought it didn't want to talk.